Blog Talk Radio. This is Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 Grunt Style Chevy Camaro, and listen to the Pit Stop with Tim Despain. Nation. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. Mr. Stephen Wilson, he's right outside, coming up there in Virginia, right outside of Richmond Raceway. At the time, we got the official Reverend of the show. He's out there on the West Coast, out there in sunny Southern California. Reverend, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Tim. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. We uh, had that little sub, what they call it a subtropical deal come through, and uh, we're getting a few bands out of it. The uh, actual eye is sort of just about gone. It's up toward Huntsville that way, but uh, still getting some rain bands and all that, but uh, we needed the rain, like you said, I know you hate rain, but we needed some rain, and uh, we got it. We got we got plenty of it. Well, I bet those people in Maryland who got hit by that big flood didn't think they needed any rain. I've seen that, Reverend, and, that, and it, what, what, wasn't it like two years ago, the same little town down that gully got got flooded like two years ago or a year ago? Yep, and it's supposed to be something that only happens about every hundred years, but it hit them twice in two years. So, Golly. you never know. Well, no, sir, you don't. God bless you. The best way to plan for men. Yes, sir. You, so, uh, you, I finally got a right. chance to talk to Susan. I haven't talked to her in a long time. Well, good, good. And I guess she uh, she mentioned to you we had one of our friends lose their, uh, their, their son, which was a... Yes. Uh, which was a which was a dad, uh, son, uh, everything else. He lost his life in a uh, in a tragic wreck Friday afternoon. And we were going to dedicate this show to uh, to uh, him. If that's okay, Reverend. His name is Mr. Adam Gallman. I think Suzanne feels you in on. Why don't we start with a moment of silence for Adam? Yes, sir. Lord, we come before you. And we ask your comfort for this family who's grieving. We ask your comfort upon all those who are grieving. We ask you to be with us all. Show us your way. Show us the way. And show us what we should do. We ask for safety upon all our friends, all our relatives, everyone involved with auto racing, and all the fans all the way around. We ask for your protection. We ask you to watch over our show, keep us on track, and let us never forget, you are the Lord, and you sent your son to die for us so that we can get into heaven. And let us never forget to thank you for that every day. And we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Reverend Joe.
Reverend Joe, thank you very much for sending prayers and thoughts to the friends and family of Mr. Adam Gauntman. We, we, we really appreciate it, though. Well, I, I am glad to do it. I'm sorry for their loss. Um, but, you know, I was just thinking as you were playing uh, that music, um, I, I live just down the road from one of the biggest military cemeteries in the state of California. And I had a little funeral out there a few weeks ago. And the fellow in church there was telling me that they average 40 to 45 funerals a day. And because of that, it's why they rush you in and rush you out. And one of the saddest things that always gets to me is whenever it's a soldier, veteran, whichever, um, used to be when I started 30 years ago doing funerals there, there was a bagpipe player who came and played. Now, there's nobody taking up the bagpipe anymore. So they bring a recording. And it's kind of sad. It is. It is, Reverend. Uh, the, the small amount of military funerals that I have attended also, I think one of them might have had a bagpipe player, and the, the rest of them had that recording. But uh, it's just something about that bagpipe, playing Amazing Grace on that, on that bagpipe. It just sounds so good, and it, it, it just runs chills up me, Reverend. Yeah, I think that's also because most of us have grown up with it, and we know the seriousness of the situation all the way around. Um, the message of the song, and also the fact that bagpipe, you hardly ever hear it in any place but a funeral. Exactly, and just like you said, it's sort of twofold. It's amazing grace, and then plus the bagpipe, that I think is synonymous with the, with the military also. Yes, very certainly. Well, yeah. I know you've got a big show tonight, and I will let everyone know that they can reach me at on track with Jesus at AOL.com. My phone is 951-232-7630. And our website is on track with Jesus.org. Please holler at us anytime. Send us an email. Let us know what's going on. Got something you need help with. Please give us a call. Amen, Reverend Joe. Thank you again, brother, for everything that you do for us, the show. Stephen and all of the all of our brothers and sisters out there, we really do appreciate it, and hope you had a had a great Memorial Day weekend, Reverend. And uh, now we got to go back to work and all that. But Sam, it's Betty. We said hello, brother, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. I will do that. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Talk to you next you too, week. Yes, sir. God bless, Reverend Joe. There, Reverend Joe is Johnny on the spot. It every Tuesday evening. Now we we got uh we got CEO Stephen Dallas dot com Mr. Stephen Wilson right here. Stephen, how you doing, buddy? Are you still getting rain off this Alberto? Yeah. Well, it hadn't reached our way just yet. Um, I expected to at some point maybe get some hotter bands, but really not expecting much. I think uh, it's going to the Midwest and came through your way, and um, eventually we'll come up this way at some point. So you know. We'll see what happens, but not really expecting a whole lot out of this one, which would be good. Yeah, yeah. I think I got to work this morning. I think we had about three or 400 consumers out, but it was just a few big different houses. We got everything back on right after lunch or so. It, it wasn't really that, that bad here. I think what really got us here at Coosa Valley Electric was the way the wind come in backwards, you know, and some of them trees are not used to seeing that wind that other way. Plus, had, had, had a lot of rain, so we had some saturated soil, but I think I think we got everybody back on. So and just like that, Alberto just keep on going up to young. Well, I mean that's good. So you know, uh, hopefully it stays the way that it is, and we don't hear a whole bunch more out of it. And uh, yeah, um, I know they're talking about I don't know. I think it's like eight to ten storms this year, or something like that. So uh, it might be a little bit crazy, and hopefully not a lot comes my way. So. I heard that, brother. And before we get started, uh, people, the number to call in is 215-383-3671. Again, I'm Tim Spain. Just south the way the crow flies, probably eight miles of the 2.66-mile monster we call Tidal Series Speedway. And Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com, right outside of Richmond Waste Place. Uh, coming up here shortly, we've had, uh, we have guest, uh, NASCAR Experience Series driver, Mr. Spencer Boyd, will join us. And then also, uh, quarter before the hour, uh, we have a uh, car driver. Stadium Motorsports. My good friend Scott Rivas wants to come in and 
I, I, want, I want to talk to him too, and, and sort of get his take on. We had him on earlier and talked about the West Coast. Too. I want to see just what kind of downtime he has as far as being a home race there at uh, Charlotte, where all the uh, teams are located. Then we had some breaking news. We had the uh, we had the penalties come out of NASCAR. Uh, I think they got most of it was uh, loose lug nuts, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Stephen? They got the uh, they got the yeah, 78. Yeah, I had a few lug nuts. Nothing too big. Um, there was a little bit of controversy surrounding this uh, to begin with on social media. We're, um, you know, we, we, we're never, we've now entered the age, and, well, I guess we've been in this age for quite some time, but it's now just starting to become a little bit more prevalent where uh, fans at home or fans in the stand will, uh, you know, take pictures or rip video off of, uh, you know, whoever the broadcaster is and uh, dissect them and, uh, you know, tweet to the, to the series itself about potential penalties. Um, you know, th- th- this was something that the PGA happened in the PGA a fair few years ago that people would uh, draw seat penalties being drawn and not being called by by the, by the officials, um, you know, there. And so they started um, tweeting uh, near-time live penalties um, to the PGA. And, uh, you know, the PGA did uh, take some of those penalties up but have since, uh, you know, uh, stopped that type of uh uh, you know, going at, going after penalties that are being submitted through through fans, through social channels, and things like that. Um, you know, if you know they they've withdrawn away from that because I think it caused a lot of controversy. And this past weekend with Kyle Busch, um, we saw that um, we've seen it a couple times this year. But um, you know, this this whole window brace in the back, uh, uh, which has been failing or designed to fail, or you know. Parts or you know uh, failed parts, you know from the manufacturer, whatever the case, we want to put those in. Um, a lot of people were starting to go after Kyle Busch because they said that they noticed some inconsistencies with his rear window, and uh, this came across pretty prevalent, um, you know, over the last two days or so. And today NASCAR comes out and there is no penalties against the number 18 teams. I tweeted yesterday where I thought that, you know, NASCAR should not be taking any consideration from the fans when it comes to this. Um, You know, NASCAR has one of the most sophisticated uh, penalty systems as it is. I mean, sorry, um, uh, officiating systems uh, between what they do in pre- and post-race, what they've got with Hawkeyes, what they've got, you know, with with the people in the tower, the officials on pit road. Um, they have a fairly sophisticated, you know, way of, um, you know, making sure that, you know, everybody's racing within the bounds of the rules in the rule book. And uh, I, I, like I said, I tweeted yesterday that, you know, NASCAR hopefully will not take into consideration of, you know, what fans are submitting. And it looks like that that has been the case. And they found nothing from the R&D center. That sounds good to you. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, you know, just like you mentioned, the PGA Tour and all that, like you said, these fans taking pictures, tweeting them or putting them on the on the PGA wall, just like you know they did with Kyle Busch this past weekend. And I, that that, in my opinion, I know a rule is a rule, and you don't need to break a rule. But the job of, I, we've said this a million times, and the job of that crew chief and the job of that team, the job of that engineer is to take that one rule far as he can take it. And if he pre race passes inspection through the Hawkeye system and something goes on on the on the track, you can't really call that. I mean, you know, if, if like you said, one of them rear window braces is designed to collapse a little bit to let our listeners know the reason that they do that is to get some more air coming across, more downforce on that rear sport. But if they, if they do that and then they still come back in and they pass post-race, I don't, I, I see it as just Pushing the envelope, Stephen. You know we have discussed this a hundred thousand times, I think. But wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, you know, no matter no matter what is occurring, you know, with this, um, you're right. There, there's always rules in the rule book that every single person, not only in the garage, but on pit road and 
you know, back at the shop is looking these things over. I mean, we've had rules in the sport for 70 plus years. And there's been 70 plus years of creative engineering um, to get around these things or find gray areas in these things. And, uh, you know, you know, that's exactly what they're trying. And, you know, I kind of look at it as, you know, if you're not trying, um, then you're not doing your job. I don't necessarily call it cheating. Um, yeah, sure, there is some cheating that could go on, but if you're not trying, then you're not doing your job. That's kind of my opinion of it. I disagree with you, Sam. And to, to sort of throw this out there for uh, for cantaloupes and watermelon. I don't know where it comes to that with. Anyway, cantaloupes and watermelon. If some of these fans want to start taking these pictures, and you know as well as I do, the way technology is now, you can you can crop a picture. You can make it look about any way you want it to or look. But the the video that you put on your uh, site with the fan climbing up and sitting on top of the on top of the camp steps there at Charlotte, you know what a what a darn nitwit. Uh, why don't uh, if the fans want to be part of it? Hey, let's go ahead and find that guy. Uh, uh, Two hundred dollars for climbing up the fence. See what you think about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you worry. He he will not be making any further appearances at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, years <laughs> ago, we had the same thing happen at uh, at Rich, Richmond Mile home Richmond. track, and y- y- the guy climbed up on top of the wall. He literally he wasn't just hanging off the thing. He sat on top of it. <laughs> Um, and the, until NASCAR finally had to throw a caution and get this guy to come down because he was literally sitting on the top of the catch fence overlooking the track. And, uh, you know, it's a safety hazard. But that guy, he went to jail. He's been banned for life. Um, he was a little bit inebriated. But, uh, you know, uh, he got on TV. He said it was his birthday. He wanted to be on TV. Well, he got on TV, and then uh, he got to stay in the Hilton, as I like to call it. <laughs> the souped up Hilton. Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> but yeah, so did you notice the uh track security guy? I was I was watching I was watching it and I thought, Well what the world is he gonna do? You know, is he gonna throw him down or something? He drug him down, he grabbed him by his shorts, his underwear and everything and pulled him down. And the guy I don't he didn't resist much, but he sort of come on down he sort of come down as he wanted to, because, you know, he had his phone in his right hand doing some video in there. But uh, that security guy treated him a lot better than what, like, you and I have talked about. And we want to try to, I don't know if this guy's still around, the guy here at Tallahassee Super Speedway that stole the pace car years ago. Stephen, I was there. When they pulled that fellow out of there, they beat him, but there wasn't no beating them all. I'm surprised that gentleman up there at Charlotte got away with the light pull off the fence. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he uh, he he was up there. Um, I don't know how long he was up there. I've seen a couple of different videos and a couple of different photos and things that have been posted not only on Twitter but Facebook. But people were there and filmed this whole incident. But um, yeah, I think I I've read about the incident down there about the pace car being stolen. You know that that happened way back in the eighties, and you know I don't remember so much about racing back then. And uh, yeah. Um, you know, this this is uh, you know, these are just things that you know, uh, it's just sheer stupidity to some re- to some aspects of it. Um, you can't interfere with the races, and I mean, people can die doing this. Um, you know, these cars are, you know, these these cars are moving at speed. We've seen what happened, you know, unintentionally. You know, not to bring up anything else, but you know, like Tony Stewart, that was very unintentional. But you know, these people are, you know. You just can't climb up on these walls. I mean, you know, NASCAR is a track. Everybody tries to do everything that they can do um, to keep people away. Um, But you can't be everywhere all the time. But, you know, it was just, you know, thankfully, you know, everybody was on top of it. They were on top of it quickly. And they got the guy down uh, without any further incidents. Exactly, Stephen. And speaking of the fan climbing the fence there at Charlotte Motor Speedway, let's bring on our guest. I'm sure he's getting about ready to he I know he's chomping at the best to climb a fence. He had his best uh his best finish in the X Penny series this past weekend there at Charlotte Mass Coast three hundred, finished twenty first. Let's bring on uh driver of the number seventy six, Grunt Style Chevy and that's that series, Mr. Spencer Boyd. 
ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Spencer, how you doing, boy? Good evening, Spencer. How you doing, bud? I hit the wrong button. Oh, you're good. I'm doing well. How about you guys? <laughs> We're doing good. We're doing good. Congratulations on that uh, top 25. Exactly. A 21st place finish there. Now, let's go 300. Start most speedway. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It was a, uh, it was a good weekend for us. Everything came together. Yeah, and Spencer, just uh, you know, want to throw this out. Uh, you probably didn't, you probably didn't realize this, which I've you know done a little research and everything. You uh, you started thirty third, but uh, did you realize exactly what number pit stall that you had when you drew the pits there? I do not know. Number thirteen, Spencer. Pit thirteen. Stall, oh no. Thirteen. I was thinking about Uh-oh. that. I told, I told Suzanne. I said Spencer drew pit stall thirteen. Best finish he's had since he's been racing in the in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. What do you think about trying to get the number thirteen pit stall next time? Yeah, we might try and do that next week. You never know. I mean, there's only like <laughs> seventy pit stalls at Pocono, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, I don't want to keep you long, but I'm gonna hand you over to to you, Stephen Spencer. But uh, talk a little bit about uh, the uh, PJ one that they put down up there at Charlotte. They done it, you know, like to do it at, at Bristol. They put it in turns one and two and turns three and four. Did you run up high on the PJ one any? And uh, how was your car? Was your car better up upstairs or down in the basement? Yeah, yeah. That uh, that PJ one man. They're they're using it at a lot of places, and um, they left the bottom groove in the corners, you know, normal. And then they put that PJ1 about one groove off the bottom all the way to the fence. So um, at some other tracks, they hadn't been doing that all the way to the fence. So it was nice that they did it. I uh, kind of listened to some of the cup drivers, and they made it uh, go farther down the straightaway. So that way, when you come off the corner, you're not, like, catching uh, the regular asphalt outside the PJ1 and then just spinning your tires or all of a sudden snapping loose. Uh, we kind of fought that at at Richmond and, and Dover a little bit. So uh, myself, after about 10 or 15 laps into a run, I would start moving up to the middle and then uh, kind of high middle, but I never got up right around the wall. Uh, I, I like my car. I don't want <laughs> to tear it up, you know. So uh, a lot of those guys, there's speed up there right next to the wall, but um, it is so close and you can, you can knock it down on exit off of turn four. The exit comes up so quick, but... Um, that PJ1 was pretty interesting. Right after the um, rain delay, red flag, with 25 laps to go, I ran the last 20 laps right there around the middle, and I ran my fastest lap of the race. So I don't know if it was just temperature cooling down, um, maybe the water reacted to the PJ1, and and it was a little uh, grippier compared to the bottom. But uh, as soon as they dropped the green, everyone was hauling the mail there for those last 20 laps. I was 18th before that, so uh, I wasn't happy when we went back green. I'm like, boom, top 20, I'm happy. And then we go back green, and I had 35-lap tires, and they turned into 55-lap tires, and I'm like, I'm, I'm wore out over here, man. These these tires are gone. I was just loose all over the place there at the end. And speaking of that, Spencer, you bring up the 35-lap uh, tires on versus the 55-lap tires. Overall, was was the tire wear better than what we had seen at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway with them putting the PJ1 down to sort of help grip where it's not really like the sandpaper, or, or could you really tell? Um, well, it was my first Xfinity race there, um, but based off of what my crew chief and everyone was saying, uh, tire wear was super good. Um, naturally, you have your, your fall off there, for, you know, from lap one to like 10, you know, the tires just keep falling off, falling off, falling off. Then they level out, and from lap 10 to, say, you know, almost the end of a fuel run, 40, um, 
the tires would stay consistent. You know, you could pick your line, pick your pace, stay within a couple tenths of a second every lap. And then anything past 40, uh, you're just holding on because uh, the side bite's gone and uh, you're slipping and sliding and you're worried about blowing a right front tire at Charlotte. So um, that's kind of what goes through your mind. <laughs> but uh, if you put on scuff tires, uh, you know, let's say they, they got 10 laps on them from practice and you put them on and a pit stop, uh, all of a sudden you need to know that that fall off is going to happen 30 laps into this run instead of 40. So uh, just heat cycles, things like that. Um, there were so many cautions at Charlotte, which last year there were a lot of cautions at Charlotte. Uh, I was at that race. Uh, Top Dine drove the car that I drove this year last year. And this weekend I'm like, there's going to be a lot of cautions. It's hot, slick. Uh, there's a lot of cup drivers out here. They want to win. There's a lot of young talent that wants to prove that they can win against all these cup guys. I mean, I think there were six or seven cup guys. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I was right. There were a lot of cautions. <laughs> so yeah. uh, those heat cycles on the tires uh, kind of start tripping everyone up as well. I mean, tires don't like that. And when you do it, I think we had three cautions and on one set of tires. And by the oh. end, they, they're just shot. You know, they're – uh, it's hard to keep heat in them uh, throughout that many caution laps. And since before I hand you over to Stephen, Stephen and I both just got the the, uh, the press release from uh, Spencer Boyd Motorsports. Want to talk a little bit about? We just we just got it right whenever we come on air. We'll go hunt hunt buddy is joining Spencer Board for multiple race associate sponsorships. Can you talk a little bit about how that deal come around and? How many races are, are they going to be on the Grand Style Chevrolet with you? Yeah, so we got a couple of race deal right now. Uh, that came about after my career best finish this weekend. So um, we had uh, been following each other on Instagram and social media. Um, Joe had, had been following my career the past couple months, and uh, this is my full, first full-time year in Xfinity. So a lot of people are just catching my name and, and that sort of thing. So off the career best finish, he uh, – called me up and was like, hey, you know, let's uh, let's figure out a way to to make this work and then get on NASCAR and uh, kind of get into your fan base. And NASCAR in general has the right fan base for, you know, outdoor guys. And uh, they got a really cool app. It's free. So uh, hopefully everyone can go download the uh, Hunting Buddy app. Uh, I got mine a little while back, but uh, it's a great app. Um, you're able to uh, kind of point out your location, your hunt, hunting parcels. Uh, that's important part and you can uh kind of draw lines and, and what have you to determine where the deer are coming and, and that thing so uh my dad and i are, are big uh white-tailed deer hunters back home in missouri so we've been uh, mapping out our our hunting property back in missouri we live in north carolina now uh, i call it god's country but uh, that's just me i'm biased <laughs> and then also um you can set up your emergency uh contacts so periodically uh, while you're out there hunting it'll ping your location um, from your phone to your loved ones at home so uh, you know you want to be safe while hunting Uh, NASCAR promotes safety so it was a good fit between uh, both of us and uh, you know not a lot of bad things happen out in the woods when you're hunting but uh, when they do um, when something bad happens in the woods it's usually deadly so you want to uh, and have those emergency contacts close, and this app is a good way to do it, and we're pushing that. They're based out of the Northeast, so what better weekend than Pocono? That sounds good, Spencer, and I said it was my last one. I got one more quick one. Uh, I was checking you out on social media. The, uh, the uh, excuse my language if there's any kids, with, but it's a kick-ass beef jerky. Where, where can I get some of that kick-ass beef jerky? I was I was looking at that day, and I say, hey, I, I love beef jerky, Spencer. I love it. Well, I, I mean, what American doesn't love beef jerky, right? <laughs> I mean, right. you have to. So uh, if you're at the racetrack, anyone that's listening, you can stop by my hauler. I got a ton of uh, kick-ass beef jerky. So uh, you can stop by and get some. It's delicious. There's a ton on my on my kitchen counter right now. Um, so I've been living off beef jerky for about a week now, waiting to uh, <laughs> announce this partnership. But uh, it's uh, it's exciting. Um, great brand. Uh, they're based out of Minnesota. Uh, they're on for a few races. Um, we're doing some cool little videos with those guys. Uh, excited to get their big family out to the racetrack. 
and there's a there's a lot of guys over there at a uh, gas beef jerky. But um, you can find it in your local gas stations up in the uh, northern Midwest. If uh, you don't live there, you can find it online, Kick-Ass Beef Jerky, uh, and you can use Boy 10 for uh, 10% off. Can I just tell them that I've had Spencer Board on my show, and they might, and they might send me some stuff? Uh, hey, you send me your address. We'll take care of you. All right, I will, Spencer. You, Thanks you got to tell me what you like. They got it all. Spicy, original, teriyaki, jalapeno pepper, cheddar. We got it covered. Send me, send me one of everything, and what I don't like, I'll pack up and zip it back up and send it up to Stephen right outside of Richmond. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Spencer, thanks again, and congratulations on your career best. Finish there in ASCO 300 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Thank you very much for taking time to come on, and I'm going to hand you over to Stephen because I think I'll hold you up last time he's on the show. So, Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. Hey, uh, hey, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. Uh, we're coming up to the summer series throughout, and it can be very, very hot. We saw Alex LeBay uh, get out of the car this past weekend at Charlotte and be taken to the hospital for heat-related um, you know, illnesses. What do you as a driver do to prepare for the upcoming weeks throughout this summer stretch? Yeah, I tell you, um, I, I heard over the radio that uh, Alex did that. Um, you know, kudos to him for uh, recognizing that he had an issue. And, uh, you know, we're all out there to uh, do the best we can for our sponsors and, and do the sport proud, but uh, you don't want to put anyone at risk. So uh, that was good on his, on his behalf. But, um, you know, it was hot. <laughs> that was probably the hottest I've been in a race car. Charlotte was uh, a 300-mile race, which we're not – uh, really used to there's a handful of those throughout the year um, it uh, makes us look like babies when those guys go out there and drive 600 the next day but uh, the temperature at night is so much better and uh, that's part of the reason that they can handle 600 miles is uh, when it goes into the nighttime it cools off quite a bit out here in the Carolinas but myself it's just uh, a lot of Pedialyte staying hydrated uh, it's so important and then uh, just a couple nights uh, before the race, make sure you get a lot of rest. Um, it, it's amazing what you put your body through uh, sitting in the same spot in a race car. It's uh, 120 to 130 degrees inside. Um, you have AC that goes to your helmet. Mine quit working on lap 20. <laughs> I think it only took lap 50 for me to start complaining. I'm like, it's so hot. I need a, I need more water bottles and uh, you know shoving ice in uh, in your race suit and things like that. Uh, you do what you got to do to get by. But uh, you, you also want to make sure that uh, you're not overdoing it and, and things like that. You want to keep the car in one piece and, you know, do your car owner proud and sponsors proud. So I was happy to make it through. But when you look at uh, the races coming up, man, it's uh, it's going to be hot, especially when you get out there to Iowa. It's going to be toasty. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a little bit coming up here over the next uh, eight, eight weeks or so for you guys. Um, well, actually about 12 weeks, sorry. Um, you, this year, you're, you're working with, uh, you know, this is a combination of, uh, um, working with SS Greenlight Racing. What are those guys doing to help you out to improve as a driver, more specifically somebody like Bobby Dodder, who's been around the sport and a veteran that's been in the sport for a very long time. Um, what are those guys putting together or just helping you week in and week out outside of just a standard notebook that, you know, we, we we hear about a lot of times. Right. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that, uh, that goes into these race cars and, and everyone in the shop just understanding what our goals are. Um, my experience level in NASCAR is so small. Uh, you know, I moved up from trucks to Xfinity really quick. Next thing you know, we're full-time. Um, we got some great sponsors to, uh, to make it all happen, but you want to perform and you want to learn as quickly as possible. And, um, that that's important. Uh, Bob daughter, he, uh, he's done a lot. <laughs> he's, he's been so successful in racing from, from Arca to winning a bush race and always doing more with less. And the fact that he's been in the sport for as long as he has, um, says a lot about him, you know, just, it, it's so financially, uh, tough and money driven in NASCAR. And just the fact that he's been around for 30 plus years is amazing. But we talk about a lot of things from, tire management to how to have restarts and not give up spots, but not knock the front bumper in. 
there's so many things that you have to think about. You want to go out there and you want to race hard, but you want to be there at the end. And for me, every lap is uh, is learning. So you don't want to go out there and, and try so hard that you're on lap 25. Um, you want to you want to run all 200 laps and be there at the end and learn. For me, it's crazy to go back and look at our notes after the race and see that my fastest lap, you know, was lap 25, and then my next fastest lap was lap 50, and then our fastest lap of the race was 175 of 200. And you look at it and you're like, hey, you know, I'm doing my job. I'm learning. I'm getting better throughout the races, making it to the end. And I talked to a lot of other drivers, uh, Mark Martin, Jimmy Johnson, guys like that. Um, just to get an idea what the bumps are like, uh, lifting points, how much brake you should uh, use throughout a run. I mean, obviously, you drive these cars a lot different on new tires after a pit stop versus, you know, 35 lap tires. And look at that, the rest of the season coming up. What do you guys – where do you guys think you're already getting better at at this point in the season? Well, we just got our best finish of my career at Charlotte Motor Speedway, so uh, that was great. Um, I mean, as a team, we struggle at the mile and a half. Uh, that's kind of tough for us. Um, just so uh, motors are so important, bodies are so important. There's just so much that goes into being successful at a mile and a half, whereas you go to a speedway, there's the draft. Um, you can lean on that as a handicap or a crutch and get a solid finish. For me... Uh, coming from short track racing here in the southeast, uh, that's kind of my bread and butter. That I can show up to Bristol, Richmond, Dover, and just be a lot closer uh, to where we want to be. And when you show up at California and they tell you to go run the wall and, you know, don't lift till you get to the center, you're like, what? <laughs> what What do you guys want me to do? This is crazy. And it's just learning to trust the cars and, and the aerodynamics of these cars. Uh, the slip angle and things like that, how deep you can drive in uh, before you have to slow down and actually turn the corner is uh, is unreal. You know, trucks, you uh, you stay in the gas, and when you do let off, they got the big rear spoiler, and the truck slows down so quick. In a car, uh, our spoiler's, you know, slightly under three inches, and when you let off then, the car really doesn't slow down. There's not near as much uh, drag with the spoiler but it's going to be interesting with Pocono and Michigan coming up with our new aero package with uh, the uh, huge rear spoiler and then obviously tons of horsepower difference with the restrictor plate well Spencer I appreciate you taking the time here tonight and I'm sure we agree to but you know all the insight that comes from you and especially a rookie in the series that's running full time this year uh, before we let you go, we're going to let you uh, – well, we already know one new sponsor, but uh, we're going to let you think all of your new uh, – all your sponsors new and old and all the people that have gotten you to this point and where everybody can follow you at on social media. Best of luck in, in, throughout the rest of the 2018 campaign, and thanks again for coming on tonight. Absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, wouldn't be here without a veteran-owned patriotic apparel company, Grunt Style. They're my primary sponsor every week. And then uh, just coming off of our uh, career best finish, we had uh, Calcutta Outdoors and their new cooler line. You can use uh, Boyd 76 for a discount um, at Calcutta Outdoors, which is uh, really cool. Great brand, great uh, competitive price coolers. And then uh, fresh this week, we have uh, Kick-Ass Beef Jerky and the uh, Hunting Buddy app that you can find for free on uh, Apple and Android. So uh, check those guys out. Um, we also have a cool decoy company we're announcing tomorrow. So you heard it here first, uh, Lake Effect Decoy. So give me a follow on uh, Twitter at Spencer Boyd, Instagram at Spencer Boyd PR, and the Spencer Boyd Racing fan page at Facebook. Hit me up. Uh, I run those pages, so love to interact with everybody and just appreciate the support. Thanks a lot, Spencer. You take care and have a good night. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Spencer Boyd there, Steve. One young man that has not forgot where he come from, in my opinion. Yeah, it takes a lot to get to where you are these days. Um, you know, working with people, that's why I asked him the question, you know, specifically of working with Bobby Dodder and people like that in that stream streamlight racing. 
they've been around the sport, as you said, for about 30 years or so. And, you know, they've not always been, you know, the, the most funded team out there, but they've been able to put competitive events on, um, you know, throughout, you know, all the years that they've been in the sport and working with uh, rookies and, think, and and other drivers to bring them up into the sport and give them opportunities is, you know, there, there's those those groups of uh, teams are growing smaller by the day. And, uh, you know, for somebody to be able to do that, uh, uh, for Spencer and all the people that he's putting the effort to bring to this deal, um, you know, it, it's just good to see the sport continue like that. Exactly. Even like you and him talked about, you and Spencer talked about their, uh, the, the sponsorship deal, everything that's really come together with him going full-time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series this year. He's uh I wouldn't say he he is lucky because he has worked very hard to get where he is at, but you don't normally see this many sponsors jumping on a young man like Spencer. So that just goes to show you, Spencer, Spencer, Spencer can drive a hell out of a car. I've seen him. I, 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 I've seen him. And uh, it goes to show how hard Spencer and how hard SS Greenlight Racing and Bobby Dollar work to get them sponsors to come in there to help Spencer board out in his first season there. It's, I mean, you know, Spencer handles himself really well with the media. Uh, you and I both know that. Uh, he's always come on our show whenever we need him. Uh, he knows about the car. Listen to him talk about uh, about the PJ1. Uh, he mentioned 35 lap tires versus his 55 lap tires. How he had to run uh, had to run middle middle up if to sort of use that uh, lingo there. Uh, but he he really seems like he knows his race car, and I want to give a big kudos to uh, Spencer for that, Steve. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. You know, the drivers coming on talking to the fans. He already says that he runs his social media page, uh, all of them out there. So you know, um, yeah, we don't see that a whole lot out of drivers. A lot of times, the drivers, you know, they they may post a few things here and there, but they typically have a team behind them. Uh, you know, he's not at the point where um, he can do that, but um, he's still that, you know, he is the one you're interacting on social media, and I think that means a lot. That means a lot to the fans, and, uh, you know, I hope that, you know, he continues with that because it really does um, show that you're invested into a sport. Exactly, and I'm going to – he told me to send him his ad – to send him my address. So, Stephen, I'm going to send him my address, and – uh Get us some of that kick-ass beef jerky, and uh, maybe he'll send me a big old box hat for a little bit. Um, I'll just I'll just divvy it out between you and I and AM and the kids. But anyway, a, a big big thanks for to Spencer for coming up. But hey, we got our other guests coming on here. We've got a driver, uh, Jetty Motorsports Hall driver uh, in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. My good friend, Mister Scott Weavers. Let's bring him into the pit stop. Tennis Lane and Stephen Woods. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Scott, how you doing tonight, brother? What's going on, Tim? Oh, nothing much, man. How you how you been? You you well I'm wet right now. now. Wet. Who? What you Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, no, Charlotte. Charlotte's crazy week. Uh, that's what you know. Steve and I were uh, talking earlier. You know, we we had you on right after the big West Coast swing there, and and I know that took a lot out of you. But did it yeah. did, did it make it any better being a home track here there at, here I'm I mean there at uh at Charlotte did you get to sort of spend time as you needed to after you left I got to sleep home? in my own bed which is the biggest thing <laughs> 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 it wasn't some uh I mean some of these hotels we go to the beds are great and some of them are not so great <laughs> you toss and turn you wake up the back's hurting and I got my nice memory foam mattress here and it does me right. I can't afford no memory mattress. 
Uh, you talk to me later. I can hook you up on that one. <laughs> Just like Spencer Boyd going to hook us up on some beats, on some kick-ass beats here. Scott, thank you very much Please. for coming on tonight. I'm on a... I'm going to let Stephen have you first night, then I'll send you off. i got a couple of questions, too. So, Stephen Wilson, see where you're stuck. Just right outside of Richmond's Raceway up in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah, I appreciate you coming back on here. I know we had you a little bit earlier this season. Um, you know, we're we're getting to the point that we're already a third of the way through the racing season, and now we're starting to hit the summer stretch. Uh, I kind of asked Spencer Boyd, who was on just a little while ago, a similar question to this, but I think it would be an interesting perspective getting it from you, too. You know, it's just not the drivers that have to endure the heat on race weekends, you know, for 12, 14, 16 hours a day sometimes. You know, it's hauler drivers and everybody working in the garage is all at the same time. What do you and the team do specifically to make sure that you guys are, you know, getting through the heat and making sure that, you know, you guys are staying hydrated or whatever uh, whatever other things that you guys may be doing just to make sure that, you know, you're not um, suffering illnesses from the heat? Fortunately, um, we're, we've got several drink sponsors. Um, we've got Sundrop, uh, Canada Dry. we get Yoohoo, which is a huge commodity in the garage for trading for, for stuff. <laughs> Um, I generally go at least about every three weeks to the Sam's and get a pallet of water, and that'll last us three, four races since we got four race teams, four coolers, so that that goes through. Like this weekend, I think we put probably 250 bottles of water before the coolers went out the pit road, and when they came back, they were empty. <laughs> um, fortunately, our PR guys do a real good job of getting us a. Uh, a lot of catering sponsors, they'll come out and they'll feed us. When they don't feed us, um, we didn't have anything on Thursday during the practice day, so I cooked for the guys. So I cooked about 60 hamburgers and about 50 hot dogs. Today it was kind of hard to get everybody to eat at one time because the one is directing practice, so those guys are over there grinding away trying to get the car off the trailer and through inspection and all that stuff. But uh, we're fortunate to have the people we do supply us with the drinks and, and the food that we have. Going, going now away from your uh, from the home there in Charlotte up, and now we're going to start kicking off a lot of this summer stretch throughout here. So you're going to be back on the road a fair amount of time uh, with these cars, four cars um, spread across multiple haulers. What are you guys getting ready to do to prepare for this as you get ready to go back on out on the road for these long stints? Right now, uh, the guys are still at the shop. Fortunately, being the truck driver, I get to leave pretty much daily at five as long as my duties are done. Um, right now we're ready to load tomorrow when we get there about noon. Um, we'll sit around the rest of the, well, sit around. We'll get everything else prepared and wait for the guys to get the cars ready to load. We're leaving out for Pocono tomorrow night. Uh, we load in on Thursday, and then the guys will show up Friday morning. Um, from then, basically, once they load us up, because I don't believe they're flying up to Friday morning, they'll start working on our Michigan cars and start get those hopefully prepared where when they come back they don't have too much to do other than set them up do a little um nut and bolting on them and it's the schedule's getting ready to get really crazy we've had some pretty cruddy luck here a little bit and we've wrecked some cars so going back and forth from the fabricator getting those cars back and forth and getting those cars ready to race and it's it's been a hectic week just this week with the unfortunate uh, we had two cars going to wall like one in practice and then one in the race Garrett spun in third race but he saved that car God bless him and finished 15th and uh, that was a heck of a run for him I appreciate you t- uh, coming on here I don't want to take up all of your time so I'm going to hand you over to Tim um, you know be safe out there on the road uh, long ways to still go in the season um, and uh Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Scott, you uh, you had mentioned that the home deal, you know. Like I mentioned earlier, we had you on right for the West Coast Swing, and it's a big deal going out there. But you said – you mentioned that you got to sleep in your own in your own bed. But uh, mm-hmm. but still, is it is it is it a, uh, a long week also far as work and exactly with the drivers being home? I know it, it sort of lets everybody – I'm not really trying to play it down. It sort of lets everybody calm down, take a breath. We're right here at the track. 
But is is everything still as hyped as if you would have had to go on the West Coast swing and get everything ready for out there versus here at Charleston? Absolutely. It's no different other than the fact that we're in our home base than it is for any other week. Um, the only difference between the, the schedule at the racetrack in Charlotte is we go in on Thursday and we practice and do all that stuff on Thursday. And Friday, the track's closed because all the events over at the dirt track. And then Saturday, we came back in at 6.30 in the morning, um, got everything ready for tech, get through tech, get through qualifying, and then the race. And, of course, it was a little bit delayed with about 28 laps to go. But as far as our prep, our planning, other than the fact that we get to sleep in our own bed, nothing's changed. It's, it's, it's the same mentality. It's the same stress level. It's, um, there's really nothing different about it. Other than, like I said, you get to go home that night. And, Scott, you mentioned also uh, to uh, Stephen going up to Pocono this weekend. Uh, the Pocono Mountains up there, that's something to see. I would like to come up there one time and, and actually say that. Are you going to be a solo driver going up, uh, Scott? Or are you going to have somebody? You going to have somebody go with you? I'll, uh, I'll probably be by myself. Um, it's only about a nine-hour trip, so I don't really need a co-driver. Um, I may have one coming home just so we can get home earlier, because there's no way once the race is over that I'll be able to drive a nine-hour, ten-hour shift after working all day. And uh, generally, a lot of times when they want the cars back, because they're going to need them back from Michigan. Is, uh, we've got a couple of mechanics that have CDL, and what we'll do is I'll drive out of the track and go for until I pretty much can't go anymore, and I'll wake him up, and he'll drive the rest of the way home. So basically, Scott, so let some of our listeners know that, that didn't really tune in lifetime when we had you on. Uh, you try to go constant with, you know, which some of these people don't understand the DLT book, which uh, I used to have to fill one out, but uh, working here at the local electric co-op, I don't have to fill one out if, um, you know, because we get in uh, cases like a state of emergency, like we had Al, Alberta come in, uh, we would not have to. We were exempt from the from the DOT laws for so many hours right. that we can drive. But Scott, like I said, for some of our listeners that didn't listen last time, let them know exactly how the DOT laws run, and you can only go so far. And versus your team, versus like you said, some of the some of the well funded teams. I'm not saying that you're not well funded, but some of the some of the guys with a lot more money, Scott. Yeah, well, the guys with, you know, the higher, you know, Penske, um, Junior Motorsports, Roush, all those guys, they have two drivers in the truck, whether they go to California or whether they drive to Charlotte. Uh, that's just, that's how their operation works. We don't have that. We have six CDL drivers. We have three that are truck drivers, that are the hauler drivers. We're responsible for all our duties. We've got three mechanics that can that can drive the truck when needed. Uh, like when we go back out to Vegas later, it's going to take every bit of two of us to get there on time coming back from Indianapolis. But um, the way the clock works, once you start working, you're on a clock. And you have 14 hours until you can be off the clock. And then within that 14 hours, you can drive 11 of those hours. So say tomorrow, I'm not going in until about noon or 1 o'clock. So if I start my clock at 1 o'clock, my day has to end at 3 a.m. No matter what I'm doing, no matter where I'm at. So I go in at one, say I don't get out till seven o'clock. I'm not gonna quite get there. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to stop somewhere northern Virginia, Maryland area, slept for the night, and we have to stop for ten hours before we can start up again. So I won't be able to move I can't even think of what time it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And uh, before I could move again, we load in at five o'clock that afternoon. Yeah, and, and uh, it, Scott, the the fourteen hour rule is the part that kills everybody. That's the part that all the truck drivers are fighting because they're basically saying when we can and when we can't work. And if I get tired and want to take a two hour nap, you know, the refresh just you know, nice little refresher. That takes time away that I can drive the truck because of that 14-hour clock. If they got rid of the 14-hour clock altogether, our lives would be a lot easier. Exactly. And, Scott, do you have a uh, – with with the JD Motorsports team, do, do y'all travel together, or do you have a preferred guy that you sort of follow or he follows you? Is, is there like a group of y'all from the, uh, from the other teams that sort of group up and go? Yeah, it's kind of funny you had Spencer on the day because uh, – they're all the drivers we run with those guys. And uh, 
we were on a scooter and Tony down at uh, Ryan Seagrace, and when they generally, if they can get out in time out of Atlanta, they'll meet us somewhere up on 85 up towards Charlotte, and we'll all hook up and, and just form a convoy all the way to wherever we're going. It's it's pretty good time. The, the CB chatter can get pretty interesting. <laughs> I bet it can. You know, whenever I can, Scott, I try to watch your uh, your live feed there on, on, on the Facebook. I love some of the music that you play, and just 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 love watching the behind-the-scenes deal there with a uh, truck driver like you or a hauler, hauler driver, transport driver, whatever you want to call them, bringing it, <laughs> in, bringing it into the Speedway. We, uh, I'm also good friends with uh, Steve Church. I sort of watch his feed whenever I have time, too. Oh, Chuck Norris. Yeah, Chuck Norris. That's Chuck Norris. <laughs> he, he is a sight. But, uh, hey, Scott, is there any – I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say Chuck's a good guy. I've known him a long time. I call him Chuck. I don't ever call him Steve. <laughs> well, every time he sees Suzanne, he always he just waves at me and he goes to get a big hug from Suzanne. I don't know if he's <laughs> hugging on her or trying to get that perfume on him or whatever. But he'll he'll just wave at me and shake my hand and try to say that. But Scott, I want to thank awesome you guy. very much for taking time to call in and don't be a stranger. We want to get you back on. Is there anybody you would like to thank? far as that has helped you get to where you're at. I know you've been in this sport for a little bit. <laughs> is anybody you want to throw out there for sponsors and uh, drivers or anybody that you want to give a big kudos to you got the cool bus? Well, I've been fortunate enough to be with this team for a couple of years now. And like I said, Johnny Davis is one of the finest owners in, in the business. And uh, there's not too many people in the garage that I respect more than that, man. But uh, we're fortunate enough to be sponsored. we got Flexil, JS Trucking, Sun Drop, Kelly the Drive, Hoist, um, Kentucky Fame, Solaris. Uh, I, if I kept going, I'd lose count. Um, Fleet Wing with Joe Nemechek and uh, all those people that support us. They get us to the track week to week. And uh, like I said, if you get Spencer on the phone again, tell him he owes me some grunt style stuff because I feel like I'm responsible for him getting that deal. <laughs> well, I I will. I just I just texted him. Uh, Scott, he had uh, told me. On air, but we have ever how many listeners witness. Stephen heard it. Suzanne heard it. Uh, I asked him about that kick-ass beast jerky. He told me to send him my address, and he would take care of me. So I will well, tell him. Funny, that, uh, good. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, Scott. I will tell him that he owes you some kick-ass beast jerky too. He owes me something because his first race with Grunt Style was with the truck team I was with. And they ended up cooking for all those guys. I went all out, had some chicken parmesan, on, and they ate really good. And he ended up getting that deal. So I think he has a couple of hats. I'll tell him, Scott. I will definitely <laughs> tell him. And I'll say, Scott Reaver said you owe him some hats, you owe him some kick-ass beef jerky, and a damn good handshake. How's that, Scott? Yes, sir. All right. Scott, thank you again for coming on. Don't be a stranger. We want to get you back on later. And uh, good luck this weekend to you and I- you. All y'all haul drivers be safe going up to Pocono. Good luck to everybody at JD Motorsports. And, uh, Scott, thank you again, brother. I'll talk at you later, my friend. Anytime, Tim. You let me know. Yes, sir. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, buddy. All right. See you, friend. Scott Reaver says, Stephen, always enjoy to, always enjoy to talk to you. And, you know, Spencer Board, too. Spencer sort of cut up this time. But, uh, Coming up here, right on the top of the hour, which I scheduled to show a little bit longer, Stephen, is there any news we need to talk about other than we talked about the penalties earlier and we talked about Spencer Boyd's deal there? Anything else we need to discuss? I I know you always leave it up to you, the schedule this weekend at Pocono. you got the full bus. Uh, Well, we're going back to Pocono this weekend, 2.5 miles up there. A little bit of a different track, three uh, three turns instead of our normal four that we get to see in a weekend. But, you know, uh, a lot of good things coming up there this weekend. We're all going to kick this thing off on, uh, excuse me, on Friday afternoon, 2 o'clock Arca Series qualifying out there. Uh, just a little bit past that 4.15 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying and then at 5.45 Arca Racing out there, 80 laps, 200 miles for them and then kicking it back over to Saturday. Uh, we're going to have NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying at 9.35 a.m. with uh, a 1 o'clock Xfinity Series race, 100 laps, 250 miles for that for the Pocono Green 250. 
uh, on Sunday. Um, let's see, 0 2 o'clock, 160 blasts, 400 miles from them for the Pocono 400 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, uh, rolling at Pocono. Uh, Brian Blaney, your winner from last year in the Wood Brothers Ford, and uh, we'll uh, have to see how uh, everybody ha- handles it this weekend. A little bit hot and uh, a little bit sticky, so it should make a lot and a fun race. Gonna be awesome, brother. Uh, I want to thank uh, Spencer Boyd. Uh, Going to start racing there, and that's great. Spencer, second time out to come on. Also, I want to thank uh, Scott Revis there from Betty Motorsports. Hall of Job. He's been in the sport for a long time. Y'all give him a follow on uh, social media and everything. Check out his Facebook page here when he drives into these tracks. Really awesome. And just like I said, Steve Church, he calls him Chucky. But uh, next next Tuesday evening, we have uh, Miss Liz Allison. She's going to come on and talk about uh, David Allison get, finally getting inducted in, into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Season. That's going to be real interesting. And the following Tuesday after that, we have uh, Tommy Joe Martin. So everybody follow Stephen everywhere. Follow me at net website that, that Stephen built for me. Awesome job there, Stephen. And uh, uh, like I said, I want to thank Reverend Joe for doing the uh, the invocation and for taking care of our this show, like I said, was scheduled to uh, to the family and friends and also the memory of Mr. Uh, Adam Gallman. And I want to say Gallman because i got a good friend, Adam, Adam Galden, that races, but it's not Adam Galden, it's Adam Gallman. But, Stephen, thanks again. Tell AM and the boys we said hello, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday night from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim with Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. Stephen Wilson, check us out. Y'all have a good evening. Good night.
Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 Grunt Style Chevy Camaro, and listen to the Pit Stop with Tim Despain. <laughs> 